the International Women's Day podcast series, brought to you by the Gender Equality Team in the Faculty of Medicine, Health and Life Sciences. I'm Dr. Sean Rowe and I'm the Athena Swan representative for the Centre for Biomedical Sciences Education within the School of Medicine. And for those of you who don't know, SWAN is a gender equality initiative which universities in the UK and Ireland sign up to. The school currently holds a Golden Athena SWAN Award, which we got last October. So the podcast is asking women in the school about their experiences of work and life during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm joined here by Vicky O'Neill. So thanks for joining me, Vicky. First of all, could you start by telling us, I know I dragged you away from some homeschooling there. So could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and some background would be great. Okay, I'm Vicky O'Neill. Um, I work in the uh, School of Medicine and uh, at the Centre for Medical Education as a statistician. Um, and um, previous to that, I worked in the School of Maths and Physics as a statistician. Um, so I'm not super useful clinically, but I know I, I just love working with data. Um, I've 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 always loved data. It's always been my thing, and it's it's interesting that we're trying to encourage more women into you know STEM. Uh, um, areas which you know for me maths was always the thing that I wanted to do it was never, never any question of me doing anything else um and and so yes I'm kind of you know excited to, to be here and talk to you about that yeah well actually it's really important data at the moment I mean what we see in terms of incidence rates and death tolls etc in the pandemic that's huge at the moment and one of the mm. things that strikes me is that uh, public understanding of data is pretty poor um, uh, I would completely agree and um, in the Centre for Medical Education I run a second year SSC looking at um, medicine in the media and so how the media yeah. cover oh, things yeah. Yeah. and there have been parts of this pandemic where I've been really proud because you know the BBC have done a really good job at educating people about for example the R number two years ago nobody even knew yeah. what that was you know yeah, I was yeah, teaching yeah. the R number and, and now everybody on the street understands what the R number is and I think that's really great and then there's been parts of the pandemic where I've been very very ashamed at people's data knowledge you know so I think yeah. two days ago the BBC published something Thing on looking at, um, I think I think the milestone was America reaching half a million, you know, half a million cases, and and saying that America was, you know, the worst in the world. And then when you actually broke that down by population rate, the UK is the worst in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, so there's been tough. You know, I've been really proud about you know the understanding of data at some points in the pandemic and parts where I've gone, oh dear me, people really need to come to my class. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I, I I found myself getting very frustrated with what's being reported. In the newspaper in terms of um like in terms of transmissibility and incidence rates and people not seeing that this is a completely multifactorial thing it's not yeah. a simple matter of oh well only so many people die of it and you're like oh really is this oh there's more to it than this but anyway that's totally off the subject <laughs> so I, we're supposed to ask how has the pandemic Im impacted on your work and your family life and how they intermingle Oh, significantly. Um, every part of the, my life has just been turned upside down and turned inside out. It's right. it's significantly yeah. impacted it. Um, you know, I haven't really been in the office since, well, a year now, you know, a full year. Um, you know, part of that is not feeling you know, safe going into the office. The other part is the schools have been closed throughout most of this and I have, I have two, yeah. two children. Um, so, um, 
one of them is sat across from me right now homeschooling. Um, clearly, I'm a great homeschooler. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, work-wise, it, I, you know, I suppose, you know, my line manager got support from them about um, prioritizing my work, you know, so um, my role in the school um, is helping with assessments, a huge significant part of my role would be helping with assessments yeah. and, and they, you know, and, and, and they were, they were disrupted over the summer and so that work had to be done. So we, I kind of broke down my work life into things that have to be done, things that could be done and things that should be done, you yeah. know, and then, you know, it just focused on the priority work and then if the other things got done, that would be great. So yeah, I think it's helped me to try and of prioritize my work a lot more well, you know no, and one of the one of the things about these conversations is they're helping me with tips for my own mental health <laughs> and I, I like I like that should would and could uh, I you think know, just sort of have things that you know have to have to be done would get put yeah. into my, my calendar and then everything else gets put onto a to-do list you know uh, um, this, this is my to-do list <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the, the the other thing I've kind of realized is uh, the none of this probably not so positive is I've had I felt I've had to deal with the emotions of feeling like I'm letting people down because I know people that you know even though to me it's a should be done or could be done for them they feel that it needs to be done and so you know for a long time over the summer I was I felt like every week I was saying to people uh in a minute in a minute I will get to that yeah. it is on my you know and so emotionally mental health wise that was quite difficult to try and deal with the feeling of always letting people down um and then you know when when the schools got back in september i was able to start getting some of those things off my to-do list and i felt a lot more my, my self-worth sort of started to come back and i was able to stop letting people down and, and that really helped you know them the schools my life feels like it revolves around other schools open other schools closed because it's you know that amount affects the amount of work you can do so you know um i think with uh, you know it's it's you know and, and that's the the home life there is yeah. it's hard to feel like a good mom when you're feeling it's, that you're letting work people down you know, you know it's, it's, it's it is very interesting what you're saying again very some great insights here what what you're what you're saying is that uh, your value would have been predicated on what you could do for others previous to the pandemic and now you're beginning to discover you can't be there all of the time for yeah. for others and have to do some things for yourself and prioritize which is that's a huge lesson i think it's a huge lesson that that yeah. both gen or that all genders can can certainly learn for sure yeah yeah and um, so choose to challenge that's the theme for international women's day what does that mean to you um i guess and honestly it, it's not i actually hadn't heard of that um i you know choosing to challenge um thinking about my own for myself um i don't really feel that i've ever had to challenge anything as a statistician um in my my career path most of my line managers have been female their line managers have been female um i remember um i used to work in in cambridge as a postdoc and i i specifically remember a conversation where um with with one of my one of my my uh, housemates at the time and i was struggling with some r code and it wasn't working and and my my housemate she basically said to me and I was completely serious. She she basically said, "Well, could you not ask your husband to help?" And I just I hit the floor <laughs> laughing. I was like, "Why on earth would I ask my husband? Who hasn't? He's a firefighter. He has no idea about coding or data or statistics." Um, and I was like, and my, at that point, my line manager, her my line manager, the head of our department was female. I'm like, why on earth would I ask my husband to help me with some R code? So I think that's the the, the memory that's so speaking, you know, challenging these perceptions that you know men know everything about data i mean what is that about you know 
Um, and other, you know, so I say I've never really felt, aside from that one time, I was like, you know, the idea that you know women are not very good at data analysis. So yeah, that's that's part of the you know choosing to challenge. That's part of the the, the instance that would spring to my mind. Well, you know, well, well, my my skills, for what it's worth, my skills are supposedly <laughs> traditionally female in terms of language skills, etc., and liking to talk and liking to relate. And yeah. I'm often told that I I have female personality characteristics so it's kind of funny what people assume male and female is it's you know my, my it's like my my son asked me when we're having dinner we want to have dinner why do we always have to have that for dinner or why do we always have to do this and I'm like because the book would be very boring if everybody was the same you know I think it would be better <laughs> if we had lots of different personalities and lots of different you know yeah. uh, jobs and create you know and and so I think it would be very boring if we only had male types and female types you oh know? yeah so, absolutely yeah um so I guess you should, that's probably for me it's just challenging the idea that everybody's the same or everybody has a role you know well, um, yeah, and, and not just t tolerating. This, this is one of the things I often found that tolerance is a very low bar when it comes to differences between individuals. I think we shouldn't be tolerating well, difference. We should be embracing difference as exactly, a way of, yeah. of learning yeah. and enriching our lives. So that's yeah, that's kind of interesting. What about protecting your mental health? That's the final question on, on in this series of questions. What have you yeah. done during the pandemic to protect your mental health? I've already heard a couple of insights from you about what yeah. you have to do during the pandemic but uh, do you want to speak to that a little bit more i guess it, mental health I, I know that mental health is very um in vogue at the moment and talking about it and there's, there's mind your mood and there's a lot of movements towards mental health and it's something that um i've never really thought a lot about previously but seeing myself go through the summer and it really was probably the hardest summer of my life right. you know right. and right. i like <laughs> way harder than doing a PhD. I, I, it was just, it oh, was right. just, um, it was so hot, you know, the, 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 the you know, as we touched on this, the pull of not feeling worthwhile work-wise, not yeah. being able to meet my own targets work-wise. So I've kind of had to, you know, adjust to that and, 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 and as they break down what my priorities are and, and, and look at my own self-worth. Um, I've yeah. bought, a, bought a treadmill, which has been a whole new thing for me as well. So because um, even before the pandemic, I would have been quite frustrated that I didn't have time to go to the gym you know you'd, you'd drop the kids off you'd go to work you pick the kids up feed them bath them get them to bed and then all of a sudden it's time to work again do a couple hours at night and you're like there's literally yeah. no gym time whatsoever so now as exciting as our school boards are and as much as I love our school boards um and our you know exam boards all those wonderful meetings that we go to um you know meetings about meetings that we have at Queen's which are great you know and would have been a really nice because you would have had a lot of, you'd have met people that you don't see because we all work in our yeah, own offices yeah, and you've yeah. got to meet so now I combine that with going on the treadmill so um we go on the treadmill and I listen to the meetings. It might, might, might be the odd embarrassing time where I'm called upon to talk and I probably sound a bit lecherous, you know, breathing yeah. quite heavily and I was quite like, what, what is she doing? But, you know, so I've sort of gone to my garage and, I've, and I, I have my laptop and I have the meeting on yeah. and I just do, I do just do a bit of walking and it's so, it's been really, that has been a really rewarding yeah. part of this and that's really helped too in that I'm having the achievement of doing some exercise and also still doing work at the same time. So for me, that was the one big change that I made in my life, you know. I will. I will. Let's put it this way. I will. I, I can endorse that and say that I, I, I might even go as far as to say that running has saved my life during the pandemic. If I can't get out and run up Craig Antlet Hill or run, a, run up the Craig of Glen a couple of times a week, I think I might go mental. So, so yeah. I completely well, endorse. You're braver than I am. I don't really like the cold. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, one of the things that was said, actually, strangely enough, is that lockdown three has been a lot more difficult for people than lockdown one, because yeah. lockdown three is in the middle of the winter when it's cold and dark and 
uh, but starting to brighten up now, thankfully. Um, so, but at least you can get into your garage, get on the treadmill, and you know, do your standard setting while on the treadmill. It's, it, it has been really good, you know. Um, and it's so much so that I think when we go back to work, if we go back to work, um, I will be trying to just persuade my manager to put a, to put a running machine in my office. That would be really great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, applying for funding for (laughs) important mental health purposes well I I think that's that's been really interesting very useful conversation as well lots of insights and uh, as I was saying I've done a few of these interviews and it's interesting I'm getting some tips myself so that what was that priority should would and could could. yeah yeah yeah. okay what would needs to be done uh no sorry must i can't remember now what i said but you know it's just the idea of having things that have to be done yeah. things that should be done and then things that could be done oh, if you have time yeah. you know so so yeah. it's ha- yeah so should should would could doesn't really matter. it means must be done yeah because there's there's things that have you know i can't yeah. not turn up to a class like the students no. are going to be there that has to be done you know um but things like you know that working paper should be done it would be really good for me to apply for promotions but you know if yeah. it, there's not enough hours in the day sometimes you know yeah. Um, Well, I mean, that to me, that sounds like an excellent way of prioritizing your mental health as well. So at the end of the week, you don't feel, as you were saying, you felt previously that you'd let people down. You can kind of say, well, I've done the main tasks that are centered on my role within the university and also compatible with having enough time to homeschool my children and be there, you know, attend to my own mental health and my own relationships. That's really interesting. Right, so that's all the questions I have for you. Um, so thanks, Vicky, for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks, Sean. Bye. For more in this series, subscribe to Queen's University Belfast's Shaping a Better World podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.